What's up? How y'all's doing? Fantastic. You guys are awake. Man, I tell you what. Welcome to One Church. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are on week two of a series entitled Simple. We talked about last week that every church, every organization, every business, whatever, it all starts out simple and it usually moves to complex. And it gets muddy and it gets kind of muddled. And we want to go back to the basics of why we do what we do here at One Church. So uh, today I am I'm not talking about any new content. It's stuff that I've heard before. It's stuff that I've preached before. In fact, I actually preached this sermon back in 2008. Was anybody with us in 2008? What's up, y'all? Ready, Ruth? All right, cool. That's cool. Um, So you can determine whether or not this one was better or worse. Just do this. All right, cool. Um, We talked about last week that the church should be for everybody. And that the church isn't for church people. The church is for everyone, no matter their religious background or beliefs or habits or anything like that. And um, today, we are going to be talking about our strategy and our mission as a church. Now, here's what we do. This is our mission. Maria said it. We said every week, our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Can, Can you say that with me? To lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing you need to be asking yourself, because we asked ourselves six, seven years ago, what does a growing relationship look like? I mean, think about that. What does a growing relationship with Jesus Christ look like? Now, here's the thing. I grew up, and I grew up in kind of in church and kind of in traditional churches, and let me tell you how we measured spiritual growth. Um, If you went to church on Sunday morning, and Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and you did Tuesday night visitation, you were super spiritual, okay? That's really cool. And again, I grew up there, love that. I I remember um, uh, a lot of times people would gauge whether or not you uh, had a growing relationship, whether or not you had like a certain amount of knowledge about God or the Bible, or maybe you dressed a certain way, or in some churches, you know, how big your Bible is, right? I mean, um, baby got Bible. I'm just saying, and, and, and if you got the big Bibles, then you're super spiritual, right? I mean, I'm sorry, I apologize. Some of y'all didn't get that. Y'all need to listen to rap music. <clears throat> All right. And then uh, others, well, you know what? If you, if you give you know, a certain amount of money, then you're spiritual. If you serve, um, but we kind of, or if, this was cool. I grew up in a church where, you know, y'all heard of Bible drills? Some of you who are not from church, you're thinking, Okay, a Bible and like a, a power drill. No, no, no. What they would do is they would take, and again, I did this as a kid, Bible drills, and they, somebody would say like a verse, and you had to flip to it, and whoever got to the verse the quickest, you won, right? You were like super spiritual. Now, again, all of that stuff is great. Uh, all that stuff is awesome. I grew up in that. But here's the thing. Just a casual glimpse of the New Testament, just a, a casual glimpse of what Jesus said uh, in the Gospels made one thing very clear and makes one thing very clear, that spiritual growth and spiritual maturity has a whole lot less to do with what you know and has a whole lot more to do with how you love. That spiritual growth and spiritual maturity, whether or not you are growing spiritually, whether or not you're a mature Christian, has less to do with how much information you have, and it has more to do with how well you treat other people. i got to be honest with you, that's not the message that comes through most of our churches, is it? Most of our churches, the message is, you know what, if you learn this much, if you memorize this, and again, nothing wrong with any of that. 
It's kind of like this. I can know a lot about my wife and a lot of the facts about my wife that she's 5'10". She weighs, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and she wears a size 10 shoe. She's not here. That's, I mean, she's not, I mean, those are big, all right? Just saying. <clears throat> She has big feet, right? Um, and, and, uh, and again, I'm safe because I'm not here and she doesn't listen to the podcast. But I can know those facts about my wife. And that doesn't mean I really know my wife. Just knowing facts and knowing information about someone doesn't equate loving someone. And so where we're going to be really diving down and talking deep is, you know what? A good Christian, a growing Christian, is it? I mean, yeah, it's about information. That's great. Attendance, yeah, that's great. But really, it has more to do with how well you treat other people. In fact, some of you are like, your pushback is going, yeah, right. Where are you getting this from? Well, John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said that he's gathering all of his disciples together, and he makes this statement. Jesus says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. And if you didn't know the rest of this verse and you were asked to fill in the blank, you may fill it in with different things. You know, if you really know somebody's a disciple, if you, you know, you give a certain amount or if you say this or do this, uh, you know, and it's amazing that Jesus didn't fill in the blanks with this, with any of that stuff. Listen to how Jesus filled in the blank. He says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, if you're new to church, or maybe you're just coming back to church, or maybe you got bumped around out of church, maybe you had a bad experience with Christianity, I'm really sorry about that, but you need to know it might have been misrepresented to you, because Jesus said the one thing that would mark people who knew him and who were serious about their faith wasn't about if they picketed or how they voted. It had to do with how they loved and treated other people. And let me tell you another story. Um, uh, Jesus, um, he was always teaching, and the, the most spiritual religious people just didn't like him that much. So uh, they, they said, I'm, we're going to trap him. We're going to trap him in a question. So what they did is they got this lawyer. Anybody of you lawyers? Jesus loves you too. Just saying. All right. Uh, a lawyer came up and asked him a question. And basically the question was this. You know, what uh, of all of the commandments, which one's the most important type of thing? I mean, now think about this. How many of y'all have ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Cool, cool. So that those are ten things that you should be doing, you shouldn't be doing, Right. Then, on top of that, in the Old Testament, there were 600 other commandments that you were to do. In fact, some of you, the reason why you left church, maybe you've never been to church, religion. eh, It's all about do's and don'ts and do's and don'ts and jump this high and duck this low or whatever. All right? Some of y'all are impressed with how high I got off, didn't you? Just saying. Just saying. There's Air Jordan and there's Earth Edmondson. All right? Cool. Just saying. Now, here's the thing. So they tried to trap him. They tried to trap him. They said, okay, of all of those 610 commandments, which one is the most important? And look what it says. This is in Matthew. Jesus replied, what's that first word? Love. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is so important. 
It's just so important, so much for two reasons. It's important for us that's that's been in church for a while and we think it's all about the knowledge and it's all about this and that. Because he didn't mention knowledge. He didn't mention just obey. That's important. He mentioned, you know what, I want you to love God and I want you to love other people. Let me tell you why this is so important for another group of people. For those who've been, been hurt, maybe bumped out by the church. In fact, Let's just, just take a poll real quick. How many of you, you know someone, or maybe it was you, that got bumped out of a church relationally? Let me see your hand. Okay, keep them up. Look around. Everybody look around. You see that? Let me tell you the reason why. That's so important. is because church, churches, all churches, we struggle with the love part. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about knowledge, talk about this, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, he says they will know you're Christians by your love. And this is the one part that we really have a tendency to really mess up a lot. And, and it's the reason why many of us have been bumped or you've been bumped out of church. People don't get bumped out of church usually for theological reasons or beliefs. They leave the church because, you know what? That person said this about me, and I said that about them, and it just didn't This is something interesting. Do you know that most church starts happen not by church planners, but by church splitters? Really, they do. It's not that two people, two groups of people couldn't believe right. It's because two groups of people couldn't get along. Some of you may have been involved in churches like that. I know I have. You know, this is interesting. Most denominations, if you had to boil it down, they all believed about 98% of the thing. The reason why they don't get together is because they don't get along. And I think the one thing that Jesus said, we are to love our Heavenly Father and we're to love other people, we just struggle with that. It's one of the main reasons why we started one church. We knew here in the church, 88% of people in this county and in this city don't go to church anywhere. And the reason why many people don't go to church is because they've been bumped out of church. We call them de-churched. I know I've been there, and you probably have as well, that the reason why most people don't go to the church in the South is because they've been to church. And it was a hurtful or painful experience. So we wanted to change that. So as we talk through spirituality and really what it means to have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, we always have to remember it's about healthy relationships. That's our big idea today. It's this, that following Jesus is all about healthy relationships. You know, the more I read the Bible, the more I read the New Testament, the more I realize this. We can have the most smartest church in the world, the most biblically literate church in the world, but if we don't passionately love God, and if we don't passionately love other people, God would give us an F. And we are called to love everyone, not just the people that we like or we we just kind of naturally click with. God calls us to love In fact, Jesus said it this way. He says, I want you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he says in the Sermon on the Mount, he says something that was crazy radical. He said, I even want you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Man, that's it. We are to love God passionately. We are to get along with Christians. Sometimes that proves more difficult than not. And we're to even influence and hang out with people who don't have our values and don't vote the way we do and who aren't yet here. 
So when we were talking about and we were looking at one church and how we defined a spiritual and a growing relationship, we based it not about knowledge, not about attendance, but about how Jesus based it. Love God, love other people. And we call them the three vital relationships. And they're going to be on the screen. Our three vital relationships says this, that we are to have intimacy with God. Let's just, that's so cool. You know, when Jesus said, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, there's a lot of people that we could characterize your relationship with that you wouldn't use the love word, right? A coworker. Some of you don't like your coworkers, right? Uh, um, most of you probably don't like your bosses, right? I mean, it, it, we struggle with that. Some of you don't like your spouse right now. You wouldn't use the L word. But Jesus says you can have a loving relationship with the person, with your heavenly Father who created you. We are to have an intimate relationship with God. And then he says this, you are to have community. We call it community with insiders. But how we really kind of work that is you're to get along with Christians. We, we, we get along with the people who are inside the faith. Um, and then we believe a spiritual person should leverage their influence with people who aren't Christians and build a relationship, build a bridge so that you can talk to them about Jesus. We believe that if a person has all three of those relationships and is working on those relationships, then spiritually they are maturing. And it doesn't matter how far you are along on that continuum. That you, if you're, if you're passionately loving God, if you're passionately loving other people who has your sets of values, and even if you're willing to love people who don't have your set of values, that you are a spiritual and you are growing Christian. Now, here's the thing. When we looked at this six, seven years ago, we asked the question, okay, if that's what spiritual growth is, how can we create a church that causes people to fall in love with God and makes people fall in love with other people? You know what we realized? We can't. How can you make anybody love anyone, right? Some of you, you're in a relationship where you're trying your darndest to get somebody to love you, and you can't make them love you. Here's the thing we realized. If we can't make somebody love God or love other people, what we can do, the best that we can do, is to create an environment where God can show up and do some amazing things. So, for the rest of our time together, I want to talk with you about three environments that we create here at One Church, thank you very much, sir, so that we can love our Heavenly Father so that we can get along with people in the inside of the church and even leverage our influence with people who aren't yet here. And they revolve around the rooms of a house. The rooms of a house. Our strategy here at One Church is something we call the foyer, living room, kitchen strategy. Uh, strat strategy. That was painful for me. Can we say that out loud? Foyer, living room, kitchen. One more time. Let's spend some time talking about this. Now, I, we talk about this in our next class. We talk about this in our membership class. We talk about this a lot. But the last time I spoke about this on a Sunday morning was back in 2008. So I want to spend some time talking about how we can create environments where people can connect with God and connect with other people. Our first one is our four-year environment. And the four-year environment, the reason why we call it a four-year environment is because we are expecting guests. 
We were expecting guests. Here's the thing. I don't know how this is your house. My house, people who show up at my front door are two groups of people. The UPS man or somebody who don't know me, right? Because people who know Chris and Kim, they usually park around back. They come through the garage. Unless the garage is messy and then my wife makes me close the garage. We, we, nobody comes to the front door unless they're, they're visitors, unless they're guests, unless they don't know me. And that's the word we want to associate with this large group environment that we create called the forum. We, the word we associate is the word, y'all got to look at the screen, all right? This is all skate morning. The word we associate with the four-year environment is the word, cool, very good. Now, here's the thing. The feeling we want people to experience when they come into our four-year environment is we want them to enjoy themselves. Hang out with me for a sec. When we have, when my wife and I have a couple over our house, um, and they're hanging out with us for that evening, yeah, we want them to know us a little bit better afterwards. Yeah, we want them to know our values and stuff. But at the end of the night, I want them to have laughed, and I want them to say, you know what, I really enjoyed myself. Right Now, they may be thinking, I never want to do that again, and I don't really want to become really close to these people, maybe, all right? That's, that's cool. That's valid. But I really enjoyed myself. And that's what we want everyone to experience in our four-year environment. Our most popular four-year environment, you're in one right now. A four-year environment, our Sunday morning worship service, our large group environments where we do everything with the guest in mind. Um, the how we communicate, uh, how, uh, uh, you know, JD leads worship, everything. Everything is done so that we're expecting first-time guests. We talked about this last week. You know, we're wanting to make sure we keep the rungs all on the ladder so that people, when they come, they understand it. And what we want people to, to leave, we, what we want you, when you leave here today, we want to go, you know what, that was kind of fun. I enjoyed myself. You know, I don't know if I believe the whole Bible Jesus stuff, but you know what? I liked myself, and I liked what I heard, and I'm willing to come back. In fact, I may even invite a friend. That is a, that's our win on Sunday morning. Now, here's the thing. We don't really need all of this stuff. We don't need screens. We don't need lights. We don't need haze. We don't need any of that stuff. But here's the thing. We want people in this environment to show up and go, really? This is church? Really? I mean, I mean, God, you mean he really cares about me? You mean I can open up God's word and really understand it? I don't need a priest or a pastor to tell me how to understand it? Yes. We want people to go a double take. This is church? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the whole reason why we do what we do. We, I, we communicate the way we communicate so that you can be able to say, I understood that. Um, I, I, and, and I just may apply it. Our four-year environments, we do everything with the guest in mind, and we want them to feel enjoyment. We want them to, to enjoy themselves. Now, our next environment, this was a large group environment, our living room environment, our medium-sized environments, where we want people to start connecting, and it's where the guest become friends. So the word we want to associate here in the living room is the word friend. Everybody say that. Friend, all right? Friendship is huge. One of the things I've realized, you know, I'm 43 years old, and sometimes it's just difficult to make friends because life is moving at the speed of light. 
And we, we, we get into our cars, we open up the garage, we back up, we go to work, we get into our cubicles, we're there from nine to five, we get out of our cubicle where it's just us, we get back into a car, we open up the garage, we drive it in, we close the garage, and then we go hang out on the back porch. And we wonder why we don't ever connect with anyone. So the word we associate, what we want people to do is start connecting here in these living room, medium-sized environments. Now, here's the thing. This is very important. In all of our age-graded ministries, uh, students, children, um, adults, we have these environments for everyone. It's for your living room, for students. Your four-year environment is Wednesday night at Remix. You show up, there's lights, uh, there's, you know, somebody playing the guitar, it's worship, and then we want you to take a step. Some of you, you've been in this four-year environment for a while now, right? And we want you to keep on hanging out with us. But one of the things I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that I'm going to challenge you to do today is so I want you to go like this. It's getting really crazy. I want you to take a step. I want you to take a step. Maybe it was one small step for man, but it was one giant leap for mankind. We want you to take a step. Let me tell you, we have a lot of living room environments here at One Church. Let me tell you about a few. The first is we have a Mar- uh, Married Life Live, which is a living room environment for married people who are people who are dating, maybe serious, um, who are getting ready to get married. Our next Married Life Live is happening on January the 17th. Now, here's what's so cool about this. If you have your smartphones right now and you got version out, you can go there and you can sign up at your seat right now and you can take a step right where you're sitting and not even literally taking a step. Cool? All right? You can show up, and let me tell you what you're going to experience at Mary Life Live. There's going to be some singing. There's going to be some live music. Um, we're going to give you a date. This is really cool. For some of you guys, you hadn't been on a date with your spouse in a while. We're going to make you Romeo, all right? Uh, I mean, we're going to put you on third base so you can go to home. You might know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, God, take me home. We're, we're putting you on third, baby, all right? We're going to feed you. We're going to have a fun time. We're going to laugh. Um, and what's so cool, this happens around round tables where you're going to be hanging out with other couples. And you know what you're going to experience? You're going to start connecting and you're going to start making friends because that's what happens in living room environments. That doesn't happen here. It can't happen here. Connecting. I mean, let's just be honest with you. Levi, I'm going to pick on you for a sec. See? All right. See? That's exactly right. Levi, you don't know that person in front of you. Now, you don't know them because you can't because it's dark and we're all in rows, right? And you just can't really connect here. And some of you, you're going to walk here and say, man, I just, I didn't meet anybody. I didn't really connect. And that's, that's not what four-year environments are made for. You're supposed to enjoy yourself. You take a step, you will connect. You will connect, and you will start making friends. Mary Life Live is a great way to do that. Let me tell you another one. Christianity 101. You can sign up for Christianity 101 at the iPads or here right now on your, on your phones. And what's so cool about Christianity 101, it happens on Sunday mornings, and you can show up and you can ask any question about God, Jesus, or the Bible. The reason why some of you bumped out of church is because you had questions and nobody was willing to, to answer those questions with you. We give you that environment to do here. It happens on Sunday morning, and you can be a part of it next Sunday. All you got to do is sign up. Uh, uh, Christianity 101 is really the basis of Christianity. If you're taking the cellophane off of your Bible and the pages are kind of sticking together, that is the place for you. Totally awesome. 
all right? Living room environment. Another one, we do, um, on Thursday nights, uh, we do uh, minivan mayhem, all right? Um, in minivan mayhem, it, it, it happens on Thursday nights at the church office, and ladies get together, and they're connecting with one another, and they make friends. Happens in. Let me tell you, our most popular living room environment is where people decide to get up off the bench and start serving. We call it getting involved here at One Church. Um, and we have a lot of people to, you know, to make this happen. And they get together, and we have a media team and, like, worship team. This is so cool. Just a couple of weeks ago, our worship and media team got together, and we just had pizza, no agenda. We just had fun. Because we believe that people start connecting when they start serving together. You start finding people who have same values as you. And you're like, hey, I know that person. I used to only stare at the back of their head. Now I know their face. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. That happens here at the living room environment. Again, if the only thing you're doing is hanging out here, take a step. Now, if you're here, this is great. I love this stuff. It's so much fun. We believe you need to take another step. And it's here, we call these a, a, a smaller environment. This is a kitchen or a kitchen table environment. And the reason why we call this a kitchen or a kitchen table environment is I don't know about you, but life happens in my family around the kitchen table. Doesn't it you? I mean, uh, I, I never get the family together and say, okay, we're going to have a powwow. We're going to meet in the foyer. Y'all, come on. Everybody here? All right. We've never met in the foyer at our house. Our family, really, we don't even sit down on the living room and say, okay, we need to, we need to have a talk. Still too, a, little bit, a little too formal. But let me tell you, life happens around our kitchen table. I get our boys and I get my wife together and we talk about schoolwork. We talk about schedules. We talk about things and we celebrate stuff that happens and we pray about stuff that is, they're struggling with. It, life happens around this table. And let me tell you, where life change happens here at One Church happens in small groups. This is a small environment where people, where the, where the friends become family. The word you want to associate with this environment is the word family. Very good. Let me tell you, some of you who are military, you are thousands of miles away from your family. And when somebody goes into labor, when you have a child that's sick, when you're struggling, you've got no one to count on. I am telling you, if you get into a community group, that will change. Where community groups and where all of this happens, I love this because these kitchen table environments um, where, where family and where life change take place, we believe here that circles are better than rows and that you will start really connecting. It's where you hook up with a group of people and you're, open to open, you're, you're able to open God's word together. Go verse by verse through the scriptures. I mean, go deep. Uh, it's where you share your life with someone. It's where someone says, hey, will you pray for my husband? I think he's going to lose his job. It, it's in this environment where you hear, hey, will you pray for my son? He got in trouble again at school today. It, it happens in this environment where, will you please pray for our marriage? We're not doing so hot. It happens here in community group. And I'll be honest with you, as much as I love this open environment where everybody's welcome and we have fun and we laugh, as much as I love that, if you have to pick one hour a week, don't pick foyer. Get into a kitchen table environment. 
Because we believe that circles are better than rows. We believe that life change will take place here in this environment. We believe that um, this idea that here, people, you will experience the ABCs, accountability, belonging, and care. That here, people are going to hold you accountable. And when you start to, to, to go crazy and, and maybe say, hey, we're going to move out on, on, on my marriage or this or that, somebody says, hey, well, stop. Have you thought this through? That's accountability. You're able to find a sense of belonging. And I'm... I'm a part of something. And this last one's big. It's care. It's care. You're able to be someplace where somebody can care for you so that when you have something that absolutely goes wrong in your life, somebody is there to help you. Here's the thing about this. I see this all the time. People like this environment. It's an open environment. I totally get it. We laugh. We have fun. One person once told me this, you know, coming to your church is like coming to a rock concert and then a comedy show. Awesome. Great. But if this is all you know, as much as I want you here and I love you here, you won't stick. You need to take a step. You need to get around people where you can connect with, where friendships are formed. And even if you're here, telling you, you need to take that step and you need to find a place where you can experience some true community. A year, year and a half ago, I ended up having a really bad bicycle wreck and um, broke my arm, was life-flighted to Vanderbilt. I was in a neck brace, some of you remember that. And I tell you, the people who were by my bed were community group people. The people that helped us out with, with food were people that I had served in community group with. The people that loved me the most and that cared on me the most are the people that I had done life together with. Some of you, you're like, you know what, I don't need that. I'm too busy. I get it. I totally get it. I really do. But there will become a time in your life where the wheels will fall off and you will need someone. And when that time happens, it's, it's too late to be able to form bonds. It, it's like pouring concrete when it's pouring rain. I'm going to set up. Here, let me show you this. Foyer, this is an open environment. Everyone's invited. Living room environment, this is a targeted environment. Here in our kitchen table environments, this is a closed environment. Let me explain what that is. Is What we ask you to do is get into a group, and if you like those people, you stick with those people, and you stay with them for 12 to 18 months. And after those 12 to 18 months, the one group becomes two, and you invite more people in. But here, you're not just inviting everybody. And let me tell you the reason why. Because if you keep on bringing new people into this environment, you're never, ever going to get comfortable and let down your walls and say, you know what, I don't even like my husband. And I'm telling you, I've been in those groups where, I, really, I mean, it gets that, there's that much tension. Because you're living with tension right now, aren't you? You, you got your plastic Christian faces on, and it's like, <laughs> But there's stuff in you're going on in your heart and life right now that you're struggling with. And your family's getting torn apart. And that's where you get people around you. And there's going to be some people that you're going to get around you that needs to thump you in your big fat head. That happens in community group. 
Other time, they're not going to thump you. They're going to put their armor on you and go, I love you. And I can't fix it, but man, I'm praying with you and I'm, I'm weeping with you. Why is this important? Because relationships here at One Church are the key to spiritual growth. Relationships. It's about a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father, a loving relationship with people inside of here, and even a loving relationship and loving people who are not yet here. So as I close, let me challenge you for three things. The first one I've already said, I'm going to say it again. My first challenge is this. I am going to challenge you to take a step, to take a step wherever you're at in this continuum. If you're here, what's so cool, you can sign up for Christianity 101 or Mary Life Live today. Right? You can do it that. You can go on your phones and you can say, okay, I'm willing, I'm willing to start serving and get to know people. If you're here, you need to take a step over here. You need to get into a community group. We're doing new community groups are forming next Sunday. You hear me? When are they forming? You can show up. And here's what's so cool. You show up and we don't put you in groups. Y'all are so thankful for that. Some of you think somebody would put me in the pastor's group because I am that jacked up. We don't put you in groups. All right, what we, we ask you to choose your own group, right? And you find your people that you like, right? You may not like me, I don't care, ain't no thing. You get into a group of people that you do like, and what you do, you do a trial period for six weeks, and then if you like it, you stay with them for 12 to 18 months. If you don't like it, you know what you do? You go, deuces. <laughs> Seriously, done. I'm done, and then you go back to group link in March, and you try to find your people, right? So, and by the way, if you're in this group, if, if you're in the kitchen table environment, maybe you need to take a step and you need to start leading a community group. I'm speaking Patrick Fowler's love language right now. Now, let me give you another challenge. Yes, you need to take a step. Some of you, you need to join a team. Let me tell you, you could probably guess that in order for us to do church the way we do, it takes a lot of different people. For, so for some of you, man, you could say, you know what? I'm kind of a techie geek person. I love to join the media. Man, I'm telling you, that would be so sweet. For some of you, I mentioned this first service. You weren't here, Tom. But I mentioned your name. Tom, I, I love my friend Tom here. He, he's here for like three months, and then he's not here for three months because he goes to Afghanistan. And um, this happened about a year ago. But, you know, Tom is here every, every Sunday morning. He's here to set up. I love Tom. So, um, but I didn't know Tom that well. So we're talking, Tom. Tom, you know, what did you do yesterday? Yesterday. I'm trying to make small talk. You know, I played PlayStation. You know, what did you do, Tom? I ran a marathon. All right, see ya. All right, I didn't even know what to say, right? I'm struggling just to get up at 6 o'clock to be here on Sunday morning. My man ran a 26.2 marathon, and he beat me here. All right, and I'm like, what's up with that? trying to show up to pastor, all right? Just saying, if you join a team, you will get to know people. You will. And let's say you join a team and you don't like it. Stop, quit, find another team. Totally fine with that. But I'm I'm gonna challenge you to join a team. And then the lastly, I'm gonna challenge you to invite a friend. Invite a friend. You need to know this. We intentionally do all of this every Sunday morning because we're expecting guests. And we're expecting guests because we know that you're going to invite them. And I, I get this really almost once a month, sometimes twice a month. Somebody will come to me and say, uh, Pastor, um, you know that person I was telling you about a couple of weeks ago and I've been talking to him about spiritual things and he's been kind of nervous and, you know, yeah, yeah, I remember. They're coming today. And what they're, 
What they're saying when they say that is don't screw it up. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, buckle up. This, there's just going to be some pressure. There's some pressure there. And I'm like, seriously, it makes me nervous. Because here's what I know. I believe that everyone will spend eternity somewhere. They will. And I believe that the church should be the magnet to draw people to God, not the, anything that repels them away from God. That the church is for everyone. Whether or not you know all about the Bible or whether or not you know nothing. That the church is for everyone, and we want to always put those rungs in the ladder, like we said last week. We want to set up dates for people to fall in love here. We can't make anybody fall in love. My mom, I think, is here. Are you here, mom? Hey, mom. My mom and my dad hooked up because somebody hooked them up on a blind date. I am so thankful that person hooked them up on a blind date, right? And let me tell you that what we're doing here is hooking God and someone up on a date. It ain't blind because God ain't blind. He knows everything. And I believe we set up appointments every Sunday at 9 and 11 so that somebody will fall in love with God. And let me tell you, since we've started this church, we have seen over 850 people cross that line and take a step and say, I'm totally in love with God. Maybe that needs to be you this morning. Some of you, your biggest idea of taking a step is maybe you need to come to know Jesus. So I'm getting ready to pray. And if you need to take that step, I'm just going to invite you to do it now. I'm not going to ask you to come down front or anything. I'm not going to embarrass you. You can do that right here, right where you're sitting. He went to something called Jumpstart that's happening immediately after this service.